Hey guys, welcome to Bang Broadcast, episode number 533. I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Weekend Geek, bringing the top geek stories the past week. Next is the list of comic books that are coming out August 30th, 2023. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look... As some of our favorite pop culture one-liners, and these are some of the quips, jokes, quotes that have worked their way into our just day-to-day lives. The things that we just like to say because we're fans of pop culture, and we've watched some of this stuff so much that it just becomes part of our daily lexicon. And as always, we start the show with a beer, and Paul, what did you go get? I went and got a, a limited release from Harpoon which is a, a brewery that I've come to enjoy more over these past couple of years, especially with their rec league uh, releases. Uh, this is their Oktoberfest, and this is uh, an American-style Marzen beer, and it is, I'm looking for the ABV. I don't see it, so I guess it's fine, but that's fine. I'll find it later. Somewhere between five and six. Yep, more than likely. And this is not, it's a nice Marzen-style beer. It's It's got a Christmas <clears throat> to it. It's got that fall kind of malt to it and uh yeah I'm it is it. christmas a, a crisp ness i heard it has a christmas to it and i was like eh? i heard a christmas to it so i thought he was gonna be throwing it over to me mm. when talking uh, about a christmas a mi- oh i thought a christmas chris is this a miss for you or is this a good pick for you? i don't know i've never had it but i think my beer is a hit because coming from Oma Gang Brewing, this is their All Hallows Treat. And this is a 7.6% ABV Imperial Chocolate Peanut Butter Sour. Oh, Paul's got the Black Lager from Oma Gang. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk about that because I did not see that on my shelf. Um, I picked this up from my beer store's Craft Your Own Six Pack section. And this is fantastic. It's 7.6%, yes. It's also an Imperial Stout, but it still just drinks very light. Like, there's a nice crispness to this. <laughs> uh, in spite of those big, heavy flavors, because it definitely does deliver a nice chocolate malt. You get that nice, like, starchy peanut butterness to it. Uh, this is absolutely fantastic. And I know this is, like, supposed to be, a like, a Halloween beer. Again, it's called All Hollow Street. It has, like, spooky zombie hands popping out and, like, bats and shit on it. But this is just a great peanut butter... Peanut butter chocolate stout, like fantastic. I'm regretting how fast I'm probably gonna drink this, just because it does drink very light for that 7.6%. But wow, good audio, my gang. John, what you got? Uh, I am drinking a collaboration beer from Prison City Brewing and Big Ditch. This is called Ditch Party, a Bohemian Pilsner, coming at 4.6%. And this is all right. It's drinkable. Um, I've had better um this is still pretty good uh it's definitely drinkable it's a miss a resounding review it's pretty drinkable <laughs> they, they can't all be guys <laughs> uh much like heading into the weekend geek we're not every story can be winner uh we talked about it in full last week with our main topic but uh we didn't have the overall numbers for blue beetle in the wrap-up for the summer movie blockbuster bracket buster um, but Blue Beetle did open up with $25 million, which definitely does put it below um, Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> All other DC movies, but more importantly, Dungeons & Dragons, which it opened up against, which did beat it. Um, also, which I just watched Dungeons & Dragons. I absolutely love that movie, guys. It's Fantastic. great. 
it's it's so much fun. Like I watched it and it was like super early. It was like eight o'clock in the morning when I sat down to watch it with like my coffee and I was like sorting out my Lorcana cards and I was like, I'm having a great morning. Like wow, it's a lot of fun. Um, is, is it because the McGowan's uh, uh, said it was a good movie and because we talked no. about it last week how my parents invited me over to watch that movie. I guess I'm a horrible son. I'm catching up on podcasts and I uh, listened to a review of it from NPR and I was like, oh, I I have my core podcast that I listen to and like the NPR one that I listen to is not part of that core list. So while I've been off this week, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start to put a dent in my (laughs) my reading stack and my podcasting like stack. So I've just been like bumming around the apartment. I've just been trying to like kill episodes and issues. Um, so after hearing nothing but great stuff about Dungeons and Dragons from all parties uh, involved, I was like, okay, let me watch this. It's available on, I can't remember if it was like Prime or Peacock, but holy crap, I'm sad that I slept on that movie for, for this long. It's great. So much fun. I'm excited to see it. Uh, John left. John left. Where... He might be going to get another beer because he did not like his, but that's okay because we can start with the rest of the actual news. Um and just to kind of start us off with some kind of sad news, but it's not necessarily bad news. Uh, but voice actor Charles Martinet, uh, most known or only known, I guess, for being the voice of Mario over at Nintendo, will be stepping away from the role and will becoming a brand ambassador for the Mario games and Nintendo going forward. Uh, no further information given, but he's he will no longer be portraying Mario. From but do you think it's because you think it's because um, <clears throat> does Chris uh, Pratt killed it in the Mario movie? Oh man, probably. Like the, Chris Pratt's gonna be the new voice. I mean, fingers crossed. No, I I don't know. I mean, he's been this role for a good chunk of years now, probably since like GameCube, because it's been probably about like twenty. No, 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 Chris, you got to remember, we graduated high school in 2021, so that was 20 years ago. So GameCube, I think, was a few years before that. No, GameCube was a year after our graduation. So it was like 2022 or 2002, 2001-2002, because I remember getting GameCube as a, hey, Paul, you're doing well in college. Uh, We're going to get to, and I had money saved up, and my parents, like, decided uh, to, like, go halvesies on it, basically. September September of 2021. Yeah, I got it like the following year for my birthday. Yeah, there's a little bit of technical difficulties. I don't know if the, it's recording. It still says it's recording on my side. It's 11:53, so it probably cut off shortly after I dropped out. It says it's still recording. Yeah, you, it probably didn't record whatever you guys said because it my internet like flickered because it said no internet. <laughs> but we can I can edit this. Yeah. We were just arguing about what when, what year the GameCube came out. We were vamping. Well, he froze. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Okay. And um, I panicked. The only thing I was saying is like, yeah, I don't know how long he's been there. Probably since like like 20 years. I was going to say GameCube stuff. So yeah. if you want to repeat your argument. Uh, John uh, was wrong. Wait, wait. That's all that really matters. I was going to say, I hold on. Because hold on, wait, stop. Because I'm just going <clears> to <throat> leave it blank. Someone say something. Uh, well, yeah, he told GameCube came out in uh, September 2001. So yeah, but was did he do the voice for the N64 Mario? Uh, Mario N64. Because Mar- Mario have. had a voice then too. I'm gonna look it up. 
Charles Martinet. And also, uh, how about for uh, the Mario Kart? Because is that the first time we really hear a Mario voice? Uh, so his first uh, Mario game was for the Mario Pinball arcade game. Wow. Uh, for Mario uh, 64. And 64. So he's been doing it for 30 years. So yeah, so definitely a, lo- a long time. Um, no, no reasons why just saying he's stepping away, but he'll still be involved with the brand. I mean, people were outraged when they did announce that Chris Pratt's going to be Mario, and everyone was like, we want Charles Martinet. But, you know, we don't know what's going on in his personal life. Maybe he has to step away for it for some other reason. But, you know, it's, it's sad because it's an end of an era. We don't have any other, like, marquee video game characters that have a voice that's so recognizable, I don't think. Because, yeah, every other video game character is Nolan North. Or Troy Baker. Yeah. It's just those, those two. That's it. It's the only so, two. so that's sad. But also yeah. sad. Uh, Jeff Smith, creator of the much-beloved comic book Bone, uh, is canceling all of his upcoming public appearances because he uh, suffered from cardiac arrest and is recovering, which very sad. But also it led to us talking about Bone, which is a comic book that I absolutely love and I think we need to talk about more on the show. Yeah. I, I've been rereading and reading the series with Grayson, and he he loves it. I've been reading it with him since he was three, and uh, he loves it. So, so yeah. we'll circle back on Bone at some point. Um, but we've also talked about his Shazam and the Society of Monsters. Great Shazam book. He does fantastic all-age cartooning. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's on the mend, because I think he needs to be someone that's in that comic book zeitgeist, even if he's not actively producing anything, like he's just a respected creator and needs to be someone that can, you know, make these appearances and talk about the medium because Bone's absolutely fantastic. And like that basically his life's work, Bone and the spinoffs and everything that came after that. Like, yeah, I mean, it was so great that Scholastic bought it to to put it in color and reprint it all. So get it at your local book fair, school book fair. There's Scholastic. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have... A movie trailer that came out, and John, you're the one that also sent this into our group chat. I already had it written down on my notes because it's something that I figured we would wind up talking about. And then when you sent it, I was like, okay, we'll definitely talk about this. So why don't you introduce this one? Yeah, uh, so Zach, we got the first trailer for the much-anticipated Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, his not Star Wars, Star Wars Dune. Movie. Harry yeah. Potter. What was that one? Jupiter Ascending? Jupiter Ascending. Um, what the, what else has he the, watched in the past 10 years that he wants to to adapt? Uh, to adapt. Pay homage to. <clears throat> uh, yeah, definitely the uh, Wachowski uh, B-movie. That was what I got the uh, the vibes off of. Which that. I did not know what you meant when you said Wachowski B-movie. So I was <laughs> like, well, they didn't do the B-movie. So yeah. then I just like, I literally typed into like Google. I was like, Wachowskis, and I was like, oh, Jupiter Ascending, because I never saw that, but yes, this also seems to be that sprawling sci-fi epic that nobody asked for, and he's quoted, like, he wants this to be his his Star Wars, and it it seems so piecemeal, and in our, like, friend, just, hey, this is stuff that we're talking about, I said it reminds me of Sucker Punch because it just seems the same kind of thing where it's just he's taking a bunch of stuff that he saw and liked. And I was like, OK, I'm going to make a movie about this, but I don't have enough stuff to make a movie about this. So I need to fill in the gaps with other stuff that I like because it just 
it doesn't look bad, but it just doesn't seem like there's anything here to actually look forward to. Yeah. And I mean, it seems so like just from the trailer too, it seems so big in scope that there's so much going on and he's setting up all of this, all of this world and races and everything. But is this part one? Is it just going to be just chock, chocked full of everything that he's ever seen before? Like, I don't know. I don't know. As soon as I saw the hippogriff, I was like, oh, he's definitely piecing this together. And then, like, when the dude's bowing to the hippogriff, I'm like, okay. Yeah, he saw Harry Potter at some point. I was like, that's what's going into my next movie. I do also want to use this as a chance to bring up the new Gareth Edwards movie, too, though, because mm. the creator is also Gareth Edwards' Star Wars movie after he did Rogue One. I feel like neither one of these movies looks amazing, though. And I really enjoyed Rogue One. I don't know if you guys watched the trailer for the creator. Wait, uh, is I, Gareth Edwards the I one did. that came in after the original director, or is or is he the first director for Rogue One? I don't know if there's any scuttlebutt behind the scenes for Rogue One, so I cannot speak to that. Uh, but Rogue One, I think, is a fantastic movie, and whatever happened behind the scenes, because I guess there was a lot of grumbling about it and reshoots, but Rogue One, I think, is the perfect Star Wars movie. The creator looks okay. It looks more like um, like a District Nine kind of sci-fi movie more than Star. Excuse me, Star Wars. But I'm imagining uh, John's watching it right now, where he's looking up something about it. I was it. just trying to. I was just trying to see which one. You, okay, but neither one of these look fantastic. I think from a plot perspective, Zack Snyder's looks more interesting. But from a whole like vision oh, like okay. yes this is why i want to create the gareth edwards one looks better but i don't think either one of these has become a thing uh yeah the the creator i didn't realize that's what its name was um does look good with um john david washington um yeah that one i actually kind of was more interested in seeing than uh, than rebel moon uh the creator will be coming out in theaters rebel moon will be direct to netflix for the for those of you that are Champing at the bit to see either one of these. Uh, that's how you can check them out. But yeah, I I don't feel great about either one of them though. It's, okay, uh, just looking at Rogue One, I think I'm uh, misinterpreting you. The screenplay was originally done by Chris Wentz, uh, Chris John Wentz, and then Tony Gilroy. And I think Tony Gilroy came in to clean up the script, uh, especially during the reshoots. I think he's the original guy because he's the guy who also yeah. created the Andor. He did Andor. So I think. I think this Which was his great. baby from the beginning. I, I love Andor. Uh, and not to get into anything about Ahsoka, because that just came out. Ahsoka feels the most like a Star Wars show since, I think, Star Wars came out. Like, Obi-Wan, yeah, that's that's Star Wars. But Ahsoka feels very entrenched, and it feels Star Wars-y. Well, it's, I mean, it's the next season of Rebels, where they yeah. just, it's been a few years, and now the team's getting back together. Ooh, it's bringing the team back together story? It is. Oh, I'm, I'm guessing you haven't watched it yet. Then. I haven't seen the first two. I want to watch it with Kate. I think Kate will enjoy it. Kate uh, enjoys Rosario Dawson quite a bit. Did she awesome. watch? Did you watch Rebels? No. She is watched it? Mandalorian. Yes. Okay. When Ahsoka pops up, did she have questions or is just like accepting? Because that's how my mom watched it. Is like, she, okay, this is another just, character. Yeah, Kate accepted it because she and I'm like, no, she's cool. And then you know, some nights when I rub her feet. Uh, I, I'll turn on, like, just the Darth Maul Ahsoka fight from the uh, very last season of Clone Wars. 
So she, she sat through that fight scene probably about <laughs> 12 to 15 times. Okay. So good. Because Paul also prefaces, like, a little something for you, a little something for me. Um, I get to pick TV. what's on TV. That's I think Star Wars does have it going for it where from episode four onward, like, you're just kind of jumping into a story that's already happening. So you might not know everything about all these characters. And it's just us super nerds that need to know everything. But maybe the general public is just like, okay, this character is popping up in something. They'll give me what I need to know, and then I'll go on. Because, like I said to you guys before we start recording, my mom loved Ahsoka, and she has never watched an episode of Clone Wars or Rebels, and was like, no, this is a great show. I like it. Yeah, in the movies, they never call Palpatine Palpatine. In the original uh, Return of the Jedi, they never explained that Luke got his next lightsaber. He just had it. Just there, yeah. And then Vader has one line that says, oh, you crafted a new lightsaber. You'd let, you're just one with it. Yeah. Um, with, because... I, I, I work with a bunch of guys that every week we were talking Mandalorian. We were talking, I can't think of it. Uh, we just talked about it from Rogue One and or. Uh, and then we were talking, um, we we're talking this one. And this is the one where the one guy is kind of like, I think I'm Star Wars out. The other guy's like, I'm not sold on it. So I've been having that kind of conversation where people are like, and I'm like, did you watch Rebels? And the one guy was like, when it originally came out, I watched it. The other guy's like, no, I've never heard of it. So it was kind of like, People who were like kind of familiar and then weren't mm-hmm. were both kind of iffy about about this. Are they like uh, a lot younger than us? Or uh, one guy is uh, two years older than me, and the other kid is tw- uh, twenty-two. Oh, so he's Rebels came out half like, half, half my age. Yeah, so Rebels he sh- came he out. He should like, have been that mind for, like that mind frame for like this in his wheelhouse. It should have hit. Him. Well, I don't even know when we started. You know. Uh, oh, I don't yeah, want to get into almost it. Like, yeah. But like the, I think like the third season of it was airing when I moved down here, so it probably started like 2014, 2015. So um, let me check things off on my eight, nine years list. ago. So when the kid was uh, 13, 2000, 2014. So nine years when ago, started when, when the 22 year old kid was uh, 14 or 13. I think that's a good. Yeah, that would have been a yeah, good that age. That would have hit. That should have hit. So if that's on him then. I don't. Or his uh, parents. Blame the parents. Blame the parents. Uh, Paul, my yes. next story, when I outlined it, you were like, oh, well, is it? Well, people are confused um, because Netflix is going to be shutting down its physical DVD distribution service. So, you know, if you were aware that they were still doing this, apparently you might be getting some free DVDs sent to you, like things that you have on your queue. But Paul's saying, no, that will not be happening. So Netflix please... Ha- yeah, Netflix has come out and, and like issued emails to people saying, "Hey, these need to be returned. Uh, they cannot be given away because Netflix doesn't doesn't actually own the media on the disc." So, whose they, DVDs have they been sending people for like, the own, past twenty years? They own the license to rent out the DVD, but they do not own the license to actually sell the DVD. Much like when you buy a DVD, because thanks to the Millennium uh, Copyright Act. Uh, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, you don't actually own the media that's on there. You own the license to play that media on a licensed player. Much like how you're not supposed to buy a DVD from China to that's, you know, Zone 4, Zone 4, and play it on America here in the United States. It's this weird thing. Yeah, Netflix cannot, doesn't have the rights to actually sell or give away those, those DVDs. So they have actually said, no, they still need to be returned. 
and uh, local library, like libraries, the Library of Congress, local libraries are like, hey, can we get them after you're done with them? So that way we can distribute it to the library system here in the United States or where, wherever country they're shipping from. So uh, a lot of governments are trying to get figure out a way to procure these and Blu-rays their library. But yeah, no, you, you do not get. So what was the story where they're going to be sending out like the free DVDs to people? I don't know what that story is because I heard it on NPR. That's what I'm quoting or, you know, paraphrasing uh, because from, from Marketplace, because that's the only like NPR station uh, show I listen to. But yeah, they, they don't actually own. They can't give this... away something that they don't actually own. Too. <sighs> so uh, right. so my question is like when you when you'd go to Blockbuster and they uh-huh. were renting out those movies and yeah. then they would sell the copy. The they would have copies. to work with the, the studio to be able to then sell it. So like our local grocery store had a rental thing and mm-hmm. then they would just sell the movies after nobody started was buying them. There's a big difference between the local grocery store doing it and Netflix which has how many of these Blu-ray Okay, DVDs? but how many people knew Netflix was still sending out DVDs? Is that the loophole that they're going through? It's like, nobody knows we do this still, so let's just give these to people. They can't, and I don't think they legally could. I don't I don't think legally they could. Pretty darn sure, from my understanding, from a three-minute uh, clip that I heard on NPR. So this... Uh... From TechCrunch.com, so I don't know how reputable this is, because this is just what okay, this is just what popped up when I searched for what is Netflix going to do with their DVDs. Uh, it says Netflix says its DVD by mail customers get to keep their final shipment of discs. Um, if they don't want to keep them, they have through October to send them back. Um, and the email from Netflix says, after 25 years of movies in the mail, we've approached the end of our final season. We really appreciate that you're sharing movie nights with us until the last day. Let's have some fun for our finale. The fun is seeing just how many discs arrive. Rather than receiving a set amount of extra DVDs, there's no indication how many will arrive until they show up in their respective red envelopes. Supplies are limited, and the final shipping dates for discs, including these random extras, is September 29th. Um, Yeah, uh, according to uh, what used to be known as Twitter X, uh, Netflix said in them, please enjoy your final shipments as long as you like. So that might be how they're getting around it, because they're sending stuff out. It's like, hey, you're paying for this. You're renting it. But now they don't have a return date. Is that the loophole? That might be the loophole. Yeah, it might might be a different thing than selling it, selling it off. But if you send it out because people lose discs all the time, they used to like you can't like get sued over having that DVD go out and not back. Yeah. So so I oh, think they're yeah. probably right. If <coughs> they're not going to just sell off. They can't sell off their DVD. Mm-hmm. But maybe if they issue them out, nobody's keeping they're, track of they're coming. Yeah. Back. They're just saying, hey, you send it back whenever you want to. Right. And if you choose, you choose not to. Well. You're enjoying it still. So that, that, hey. That's such so, a weird You know what's going to be really funny is when you put in that DVD and the first thing that pops up is that, don't know, piracy is not a victimless crime. You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a house. Would so you give your friend a movie, movie, though? You know that, you know that anti... Yeah, anti-bootlegging the DVD. Yeah. The, the thing that was on like a lot of DVDs back when and the I'm DVDs just, were new. And I'm just sitting here, who's watching physical media anymore? 
Well, hopefully us soon. So this story I just put on to talk about because I think it's funny and I want to make a joke. Um, it was announced uh, from Disney that Muppets Take Manhattan will be making its way to 4K, which to I say uh, about time because I've always thought they looked a little bit fuzzy in it. Uh, Only reason I want to say this is just so I can say that. Um, Yeah. We don't need to talk about 13 Ghosts if nobody else wants to, because I think I'm the only person that really likes that movie, but apparently someone else does if they're talking about making a series. But guys, 13 Ghosts is probably my favorite 2000s horror movie, and it's also probably my favorite thing starring Tony Shalhoub. Okay, then it's... Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not your mom. I am not a fan of Monk. You used to watch a lot of Monk with my mother. Your mom watched Monk. I was just there. And for those of you at home listening or in your car, wherever you are, and like, whoa, why is Chris watching things with John's mom? We live together. <laughs> Wait, who? You and Chris, John's mom? Yeah. Without John? No, John was there. Oh, okay. We live together as a family. Family. Yeah. I, I lived with John after I moved out of Bill's before we uh, took over your old apartment. Yeah. yeah. There for like a year, I think. Maybe not like yeah. a, a whole year. It was a lot, yeah, because you, yeah, it was like, it was, it was like, uh, it was Jan, like January to August or something like that, right? Was that when the GameCube was out, or was no. that Xbox 360? That was Xbox 360. 360. Was that Xbox Bone? I don't know what that means. It was I, Xbox I, One, and people were calling it the X-Bone. No, because it was still 360. It was before, which is weird to think, but like the last generation, because the current generation is already coming to like... It's wrap-up. Doesn't matter. Do you guys have another beer you want to talk about? Because it's... Well, there yeah. was other stuff that's coming to physical media, though, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, Cinderella's also getting oh. a 4K release, and that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Um, cleaned up and color-corrected. And also, uh, Prey from uh, Hulu is getting a physical release, uh, along with The Mandalorian and Scarlet Witch, and I think some other Disney Plus shows are going to get uh, actual Blu-ray Blu- releases, which I... Um, they're putting some of that stuff out on physical media, which fantastic. And that kind of just goes to what Bob Iger had said a while ago. Where it's like, no, like once this stuff comes out, it's not just going to be streaming only. Like they would be looking at other channels for it. Uh, just within the past month alone, we had the Miss Marvel series as like a limited series on terrestrial television. They show like the first, I think, two episodes of Secret Invasion. This is kind of like a teaser to get people to go to Disney+. Plus. I have them no issue with them putting out some of these shows as physical media if people want to pick it up and have it in their collection. Like they have the bonus features already baked in because they have those Star Wars gallery mm-hmm. things that they've been putting up on Disney Plus too, where it's like the behind the scenes stuff, which are also like really interesting when it goes into the effects, the characters, the storytelling, the music. Yeah, this I think it's cool. Like as long as Disney's having this media be available to everybody should it disappear from streaming platforms because that's been something we've talked about before where companies will just say like oh we're pulling all of this stuff off of hbo max that's it and it's like well if it's not available somewhere else you can't watch it anymore because that just happened with uh over the garden wall cartoon network series that was available on max like they literally pulled it off and the creator of the show was like i was just talking to someone i was like i hope somebody's bootlegging this somewhere so it can be available because now it's not that's crazy because i just watched i just watched that series with grayson 
this week. Did he dig it? Oh, he loved it. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, it's it's not available on HBO Max now because they had purchased the rights to all of uh, the Cartoon Network stuff. So now if you don't have it on physical media, you just can't watch it. Ugh. But I think some of those episodes might be on YouTube still because Cartoon Network did have them up there. So don't quote me on that. But, you know, so you're, after you finish you're saying listening to I this, need to see if Amazon still has it and buy it. Yeah, it's, it's a great show. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Paul. Yes. Anything else? Or can we toss no, it into I, the next beer? Okay. I believe that's it. People, there's massive layoffs over at... Uh, Mass Effect? BioWare? Mass Effect, yeah, BioWare, yep. Oh, we didn't talk about that. I was going to ask you about oh, that. Massive layoffs happening over at T-Mobile. My wife can't stop sneezing. It's it's a it's a whole thing. Oh, bless you. Everyone <laughs> that works at T-Mobile and Paul's wife and BioWare. But, I mean, BioWare did come out and say it's like 50 positions. It's not going to impact the it's next... It's one of the writers for... Dragon Age, though. Well, it's okay, because AI can just do that. And also, Paul, yeah. writing in Dragon Age doesn't matter, because no matter what you pick, you're going to get the same thing. So it's fine. Yeah, but I want to feel like I'm a renegade when I do it. You are a renegade, Paul, and they're going to have lines like, oh, you're such a renegade. This yeah. is still happening, though. You know how you're I'm like, a renegade? Very aggressive. <laughs> finger snap, point. Um, mm-hmm. You have another beer, though, Paul. That's how I could tell if you're a renegade, if you oh, continue I'm to drink. Renegade. Because, uh, Chris, you inspired me to open up my Omegang brewer- Breweries, uh, All Hollows Dark. This isn't our treat, guys. This is dark. Eh? This is black lager. This is coming up from the grave. This is 5% alcohol by volume. And this is a very drinkable, very nice black lager. It's got the good uh, amount of malt. It's uh, but light finish, clean finish. Uh, I'm enjoying this. I think this is a great disc golfing beer for the... Uh, for the fall, this is a good campfire, uh, ball, bonfire kind of a evening evening beer. Uh, hopefully it wasn't too expensive because I did not look at the price because I am a fancy boy now that just rolls up and buys beer. Ooh, this fancy boy buying his Lorcana cards. Yep, just like I don't, I'm buying them. You know, I don't think I'll be shocked by the price. Um, so just for my sake, how much Plus, did you spend for those packs? Out of curiosity, because that is a I, thing that's like a big. Like, point of contention in, like, the, the community right now is because the MSRP for the packs is, I think, like, 6 it's like, $7 each. But because of supply issues and just, like, the eight. demand for it. I think it was probably closer to 8 I think okay, so it's, it's not terrible. Like, it's but a lot. I'm not 100% sure because I also bought another game that cost uh, quite a bit more money mm-hmm. than that. The Lord, the uh, Ticket to Ride uh, Legacy game. Crazy. Yep. When are uh, we gonna I'm play gonna, that? When are we gonna play that, Paul? Uh, dude, we're gonna pick out a day and we're just gonna play it because it's a ticket to ride. So we Sounds already great. know how to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. Uh, I'm gonna piggyback off of Paul though because I also have another beer from Brewery on the Gang, and this is their Metal Legion Lager, and this is uh, brewed in association with the MMORPG Guild Wars 2, which what? I've never played. Yeah. It's a Netflix a... DVD service of MMORPGs. So Guild Wars 2 came out when I was still working at GameStop. Like, I want to say it came out in, like, 2010. Um, apparently, it's still alive. People are still playing it because, yeah, they just put this uh, lager out that's brewed in conjunction with that. And this uh, 6.0% ABV lager, it's a midnight lager brewed with spices. 
Uh, they do not say what spices are in there. Um, looking in on the back of the can. When the feline warriors notice the char come home from battle, they reach for a cold metal lager, cold metal legion lager. This brew is a Belgian take on old world style dark lager brewed with our Belgian lager yeast. Uh, metal legion lager is a rich aroma of full flavor mouthfeel with subtle notes of roasted Belgian chocolate. Uh, beers fermented cold to provide easy drinking, uh, crisp, clean finish, along with the way you enjoy slight notes. Hand-selected spices, which include coriander and orange peel. Cheers to the char and their merciless quest for domination. I've never played Guild Wars. This is a blind spot in my video gaming. It's not great, though. It's not bad. I don't mind it. Like, first couple sips, it was like a cacophony of flavors, because I was getting that kind of dark lager from it. And then the spices, I was like, I don't know what this is. I've become a little bit more acclimated to it palette-wise while I've been talking about physical media stuff, but I'm glad I only picked up the one can of this because I don't love it. Not bad, not great. It's a beer I will drink while we talk about cup. John? Uh, I am drinking from Foam Brewing. Foam is a Vermont brewery that makes very good IPAs, and I'm drinking their IPA Built to Spill, a double IPA at 8%. And this is a nice New England IPA that still has a nice little bitter to it that kind of makes you want to keep going back and drinking it. It's nice. I like it. Uh, It's also super fresh. Can 727. So that's pretty, pretty fresh, pretty fresh, Um, about a month old. And it's good. It's a nice, nice drinking beer. Mm, you know what else are good? The books that we're looking forward to coming out the 30th of August? Yeah, those. Paul, is there a book that you're looking forward to that I'm also looking forward to, but you're like, oh, this will be my book. And I was yeah. like, oh, I had that, but you can take it. Well, you're Listener, always so kind this is my way of saying this was my pick. Chris, you're always so generous, so kind. You would never like make me feel bad about picking your pick. That's why I appreciate you, buddy. And uh, I'm picking Kamala Khan. She's back, and she's an X-Fan now. She brought movies with her. Yeah, she's she's the new mutant, Miss Marvel, the new mutant. There we go. We we learned about that in uh, the uh, X-Men Hellfire Gala 2023. Oh, I, I didn't read any of that. I hope someone reads some to me. Maybe. Maybe. Because uh, we brought her back to, to life, and then we lost a bunch of other X-Men. Um, but yeah, this is her being uh coming back uh and because they killed her for no reason i don't was did that move copies honestly the death of of ms marvel did that matter at all did they just want to like get is it just because oh yeah the inhuman thing's just not working so we're going to just make her immune instead is that what's actually happening I think the Inhuman thing was just in response to everything that was going on at Marvel Studios at the time. It was like, we're not doing X-Men. We're not doing Fantastic Four. We own the Inhumans. It's all Inhumans, baby. So now they're just retrofitting her origin into something that's like, okay, well, this character, how would we do her today? And I think Inhumans still works. Like, it's, it's fine. I can accept an origin story, but I don't know. I don't know, Paul. I'm sorry. I should have just said I don't know. It's okay. Because uh, I, I thought it was like a personal grudge that I Power Mother had about X-Men. 
And uh, oh, it definitely was, but I, I don't see the need for them to redo it now, though. Yeah, unless now that Ike Perlmutter's gone, that they're going to really push X Men again, which I would be think, great because I, I kind of miss miss X Men being as, astonishing. I don't know. I feel like it's someone that's that last time I well, other than you know the Jason Aaron run that we read, but the last time I felt like the X Men were like superheroes in the Marvel universe. Like, actually, part of the Marvel Universe was probably Astonishing X-Men. I feel, like someone, I feel like it's someone that just bought this $45 House of X Jonathan Hickman trade that has the six issues of House of X and then the six issues of Power of X interwoven into each other. I feel like X-Men have been back, but they've been back so hard that I just could not pay attention to it. But then I was like, oh, I'm on vacation this week. I can sit out on my porch and read a comic book while I drink a beer. I have not but done that. The other cool thing about this issue, though, is that the, the writer for it is uh, actually the actress that plays Ms. Marvel in the uh, Disney Plus show. Uh, and also in the upcoming um, The Marvels oh, yeah. movie. That'll be coming out soon. Um, Iman Vellani, which is kind of what brought my attention to this, and this is why it was going to be my pick, because, yes, she is an actress, playing this character but she's also a big fan of not just the mcu but the comic books as well and i think that's awesome she's super into this like branch of the family um she's writing it alongside someone else i can't remember the the writer's name i closed it since paul picked it and i was like i don't need to talk about this book but this is definitely something i'm looking forward to picking up as well because i do like miss marvel as a character ever since that first series debuted years ago by G. Willow Wilson with art by Adrian Alfona, like one of our favorites coming off of Runaways. So I thought Paul was looking stuff up and then he had no, no, I was looking at the picture that John sent and I'm assuming that his pick for the, the, the weekend geek or the list is going to be the John Grisham novel that he's using to (laughs) lift up his (laughs) laptop. Runaway jury. What is this a picture of? Why are you sending this to us? Because your picture, you keep pointing oh. to stuff uh, like we can see you, and we made reference twice that we can't. Can you see me now? Am no. I in the room with you? No. You can't see me? No. You can only be in the same room as John as long as his mother's there as well. We established that earlier. There he is. He's back. We're watching, uh, we're watching Monk. Okay. No, this is the book that I bought. Oh, it's, no, again, this is the book. It's huge. Look, yeah. at all, look at all these comics. This is all Jonathan Hickman. I kind of am jealous and do want to read, but I mean, not enough to spend 45 bucks on it. 12, 12 issues, though, with all that, like, extra content. Because, you know, he was putting in, like, the text, like... But I got to stroll emails. into a beer store, like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're um, still buying a thirteen ninety nine sport pack. I am looking forward to getting into this, though, and reading, reading more of this X-Men. Because I did like this initial X launch. John. Hi, I'm John. I bought John, a bunch John of Grisham. I bought a bunch of beer. I bought the four, uh, three four packs and a twelve pack and a tube of toothpaste. My total came out to be like ninety seven dollars, and I said, "Well, that's an expensive tube of toothpaste because that's where I spent that money." Pretty sure that's how that worked. I'm pretty sure it was a tube yeah. of toothpaste that cost that much. What twelve pack did you buy? It was the uh, Allegheny the Trog sampler pack. Oh, okay. Variety just, pack. Just to have a fridge filler. And also it has an Oktoberfest in there too, so I figured, you know, I could, I, could, I like the variety packs because, boom, done Something for different. the uh, podcast. I can, yeah. but just, uh, 
So I am looking forward to The Devil's Cut number one. Uh, this is like 88 pages. It's $9.99, but this is one of the, I think, the only physical copies that I think it's pronounced Distillery Comics, which is the new comic book company founded by, these people are also the writers in this book, Scott Snyder, Brian Estriello, Mark uh, Bernadin, James Tinian, Rams V, Stephanie Phillips, Becky Cloonan, Jamie McKelvey, uh, Mirka It's like a, it's a rogues gallery of John's guys right now. It says Colin uh, Bunn. Right. We know. Art, uh, he's not He's not one of these people. Okay. Uh, but artist Franco Francovelli, Jock, um, uh, and a, 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 another huge list of artists. They are all coming over to Distillery and are all the co-creators. Uh, and this is, I believe, going to be that every couple pages is what they're going to be doing in this world. Um, but this is like the one-time printing, one-time, one-time, I think, physical copy. Everything else is going to be digital. But So physical media is not back, baby. It's not. Not in the comic book industry. Who is it? Mark Millar said the comic book industry is killing itself, something like that, that it's the worst it's been in years. Yeah, because nobody's buying his stupid books either. You know, it's... <laughs> nobody's buying his books, and nobody wants to make his idea for books into movies anymore. So, uh, with Distillery, um, everything's going to be coming out simultaneously, simultaneously Excuse me, uh, with print and digital copies. But digital availability will be limited with issues withdrawn from sale within the first week of release. Hmm. Collected editions will be available at comic shops, bookstores, and digitally. Hmm. So I I have kind of issue with that as someone that's like, oh, I didn't buy my, my books. Let me see what I can pick up. I don't want to be like, oh, let me buy The Devil's Cut number one. And then it's been like, oh, it's a week late. I can't buy this anymore. Anymore? But you can get it in, in I, a collected edition. I could get yeah. in a collected edition, but if I want to like jump in and then be like, okay, let me keep up on it, I'm now going to have to wait for that collected edition to come out. And especially like if you buy issues one, two, and three, but then you couldn't get four, and then it's like, <clears> oh, I can't get it anywhere. I can't even buy it digitally just to make up for it. Yeah. Now I have, now to, buy I have that to buy that digital trade. copy. Yeah. And then at that point, you just go, <laughs> eh, fuck it. I mean, a lot. Why of- would you buy it? So, okay, I'm looking at The Devil's Cut number one, and it does say, this kickoff issue will never be reprinted in this format again. Is that for physical, or is that for digital? I don't know. And again... And I I guess I read what you had said, what you had just read, Chris, and I read it backwards, where it was going to be digital and short-lived. I mean, great, great creators on it, but there's really no information about what what the book is besides the fact that it's like, Hey, we have all these people. This is the future of comics. Buy it now. Or you can't. I figured it'd be little vignettes of the stories that they're going to tell. Like we've seen that, like those zero issues or that Superman issue that had what all the books coming out in the next yeah. year about Superman. were going to, that's what I figured this was going to be. Or like, um, what was it? Uh, above, uh, um, dark horse used to do that dark horse. And they'd have little snippets of story that you'd have to buy multiple issues to get the full story i don't know this seems like nfts for the comic book set and i don't like that. <laughs> anyways there is a book that i like 
Uh, and this is the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 30th Anniversary Special, number one, coming out from Boom Studios. And this is an anthology book with five different stories from five different creators. Um, Ryan Parrott, who's currently writing the Rogue Sun book over at Image Comics. Uh, Matt Groom, who did Inferno Girl Red from over at Image Comics. Um, the original Pink Ranger, Amy Jo Johnson, will be doing a story in this. Uh, Matt Hodson, who's doing Titans over at DC Comics. Um, and then Maria Ingrade Mora, who's doing Fragile Remedy, which I have not read. And then Melissa Flores, who is the writer of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers over at Boom Studios right now. Uh, but it's a look at 30 years of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, guys. We did it. Power Rangers it's has been crazy. around for 30 years now. It's crazy. Um, you know what I hate? I hate that uh, Saban you know? is still making still making money off because he's such a creep. I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Like, yeah, it's creep, but you know, he found a way to profit off of something and it's worked out for him. Who's the creep? Here's uh, what's his name? Hirozuki Saban. Oh, really? Yeah. He was a creep. Um, but stories based off of Ernie, you know, the guy that ran the Juice Bar in Angel Grove, <laughs> Alpha Five, um, an alternate universe story with Tommy. Um, and then, like, a future look at Rangers Academy, which is a new series that's going to be coming out from Boom Studios. Within the next couple of months, it's something that might be on my list as a book to buy for. Look back, um, 30 Years of Power Rangers, covers done by Dan Mora, so right off the bat, you know, looks great. Um, there's no that. artist listed for the book, but you know what? I love Power Rangers for my time in fourth grade until the movie came out, so... I would say it's a part of my childhood. So, yeah, why not? Some of the Power Ranger comic books we read, not terrible. I do like the Image Comics uh, Massive Universe. It's like a more updated, mature look at Power Rangers with Rogue Sun, Radiant Black, no one more. But, hey, you know what? I consider myself a Power Rangers fan. Yeah. Cheers cheers to 30 years, guys. 30 years. Cheers to 30 years. Proving yet again that I was only 10 years old when the Power Rangers came out. Not too old, Kate. She's not going to listen to this. I know, she's not going to it. But she always says that I was too old for the Power Rangers because her little brother, who's four years younger than us, six and five years younger than us. That's not a big age. Said that, <laughs> that it was right like, at that time. Yeah, 10 to 5 or 10 to 6, depending. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I watched that first season of Power Rangers. I went with uh, one of my friends growing up. I don't know if you guys know him. Uh, Maddie, we went to go see the Power Rangers movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. And after that, that's when it was kind of like the the breaking point where it's like, okay, I can move on to other stuff. Cause, I think know, I watched a little bit more of the White Ranger stuff, and then I, I let it go. What, uh, There's nothing what, else to watch when you got home. What was I going to do, schoolwork? <laughs> what broke Come me on. is that none of the stuff that happened in the movie actually translated to what was happening in the show. So I'm It like, did. Oh, it did. They got all new swords. Yeah, they had the new costumes. The new they were the new, yeah. But it was different. It wasn't what happened in the it movie. It was low they, budget. They they redid the movie. They redid the reason why. Like I'm like, no, I saw the movie. And then suddenly they're doing a whole different storyline in order to get them to, into the new swords. And I, that's where I fell out. We got to remember, too, it was ta- a show taken from overseas, but the movie was actually a movie done. You have to remember, you're not arguing also with 40-year-old me. <laughs> you're also arguing with a much more stubborn. Oh, man, John, you're not just arguing with a 40-year-old. You're arguing with a 10-year-old now, too. <laughs> and Gates' brother. 
a four-year-old, a ten-year-old, and a six-year-old. Who's gonna drown you out? We don't care, and we don't want to hear it. You know what I do want to hear, though? A dramatic reading. And now, the Vagnum Broadcast proudly present a dramatic reading from X-Men. I don't think we ever present these proudly. (laughs) I'm going to be very proud, no matter what John does, because he shows up and does it. He doesn't run away. He doesn't go grab a beer during the dramatic reading. He's here. He's in it. I'm I'm reading it. I can't leave. (laughs) For the Vagnum Broadcast proudly presenting X-Men. Hellfire Gala, 2023, number one, page 26, panel three. No! Bobby! <laughs> that was a dramatic reading, and I'm proud of it. From <laughs> Hellfire Gala, 2023, number one. Number one. Yeah, that's right. They killed Iceman. Stupid. He's getting his own. Didn't he just get his own book? Yeah, that's why they killed him. You're not allowed to have your own book. You can, and then they kill you. Unless you're Wolverine. Well, they killed him, too. Miss Marvel killed her. We just keep killing everybody. They killed Jean Grey before. Now she's finally giving her own book. So, you know, there you go. There you go. Chris is back. Talking Wait, about did going. did you pause? No. <coughs> no. We oh, did the dramatic reading. Coming back, then. Because we made a joke about how you left. Oh, okay. Why don't you use the restroom and grab my next beer? You were Which gone is, for ages. I mean, I went to the bathroom and grabbed my next beer. For uh, ages. My next beer, though, uh, from 26 Degrees well, Brewing hold Company. Hold on, I didn't take a big break. I gotta go get my next beer. You should have done that when I was doing my break. Let Paul like meander about I for a minute. I had to do the dramatic reading. <laughs> mm, John, sounds I like, saw that dramatic sounds like reading. A you, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> that dramatic reading was not that long. It's two uh, words. You were gone for ages. Uh, my next beer, 26 Degrees Brewing Company from Papano, Florida. Um, this is their Oktoberfest because I figured, you know what, it's that time of the year. I should probably have an Oktoberfest drink because I haven't had any yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grabbed this one. And this definitely like checks all those nice, light, crispy boy Marzen notes. Like It's nice. It's light. It's sweet. Um, Prost. I, I'm really digging this. I, I need to drink more Oktoberfest. I know, like, this is the time of year for it. I just don't gravita- gravitate towards this style. I should, though. I, Paul. Uh, oh, I, yes, Chris. I am drinking yet another black lager. And this Ooh. is Germany's number one black Ooh. lager. Oh, John, you're gone for so long. Oh, my gosh. This is a Krostin's Krostrie beer. Schwartz? Krostrigger. Krostrigger? Krostrigger? Is that not a B? No, it looks like a Z. It's a Z. That's a Z? Yeah. You're colorblind, not alphabet blind. (laughs) So it's. I'm I'm writing it as K O S T R I B is in Bravo. It's a Z. You're saying that's a Z as in Z? Yes. Zebra? Yes. Yes. Do we need to do other Z words? Zoo. No. Zebra. Zulu. Zoot suit. Zebra. Zebra. Zulu Loretto. Uh, that's a board game. Uh, this is their Schwartz beer, and this is a this is t- this has a tight bitterness at the back end. Like it's got a multi up front, and unlike the All Hollowed Stark, which finishes kind of clean, and e- this finishes with a tight bitter. Um, enjoyable still, good. I always found that beer very sweet. Maybe I'm you know I'm I started drinking this pretty quickly. I haven't maybe I haven't gotten fully acclimated. But that's what I'm getting. First first couple sips. 
Uh, John, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking from Jack's Abbey Craft Lagers. This is their Golden Grain. This is a beer hall exclusive. Uh, this was does given... it taste like pork? No, but it does taste very like a very grainy lager. Um, this is actually really nice. Uh, everything, all the ingredients in here are all New York State. So it's New York State uh, malted Pilsner, uh, spelt malt, um, Stryan and Aurora hops, uh, open fermented. And this is actually really nice. Um, this was given to me by the the rep for this brewery today. Um, and I was looking forward to trying it. And uh, I grabbed it and I like it. Uh, very good. Yummy. It's nice. If it wasn't a brew hall exclusive, I'd probably buy a four-pack. Hmm. How far away is Jack Savvy? Could you logistically go get a four-pack? Of- Massachusetts. Okay, so, I mean, yes, but it's a drive. It's at least an eight-hour drive. <clears throat> I still don't understand how that's a T and a Z and not just a B. Co- cost stricter. Stricter. Something like that. Yeah, cost stricter. Yeah. Whatever, Germans. Whatever, Germans. Hey. <laughs> It's not, Paul, but that's going to head us into our main topic. Like we said up at the front of the show, uh, this is just going to be like one of those fun free flow episodes where we just get to talk about shit that we like, because uh, this is going to be some of our favorite pop culture lines, quotes, quips, your one-liners that you like so much that it's just worked its way into your your daily vocabulary. It's just a thing that you say because it's a line from something that you like so much. You've seen it so many times, you just say it now. And I think as someone bringing this to the table, because this is a, a me pick, uh, one of the big ones for me is there's always money in the banana sand. It just works for anything. doesn't matter. You can just say it. Oh, there's always money in the banana sand. And that's Never what I like about it so much. There's always money in the banana sand. Uh, another one from Arrested Development is, uh, hey, brother. Hey, brother. That Which one has something... a very different connotation to it, though. But yeah. It's but... something that you and I say to all the time to each hey, other. Hey, brother. Well, we we also say, hey, bubbers, which is a pop culture reference to the show because it's a thing that Paul says. But that's not a real pop culture reference. No, but, yeah. but we do go... That's... Two bubbers to stuff, which two is bubbers? a take off of thirty two, two nicknames, which really happened because Paul's Paul and his wife have cute names for each other, and Kate's wife calls Paul Bubbers, and because Paul's friends Chris and John are assholes, we started calling each other Bubbers in front of them, and at one point Paul went two Bubbers, and Chris was like two nicknames. And we've always been said since then, two bubbers when there's two things Cooter, that are. Cooter burger. <laughs> Cooter burger. It wasn't even a burger. It was a sandwich. And Cooter because he said I looked like a turtle. Guys, a lot of back talk <laughs> for what the show is about. But listener, you probably have one of these. It's just something that is coming from a movie, a TV show, a video game, a book. Something that you've just consumed so much that it's now just a thing that you say because, again... Always money in the banana stand. I don't know how many times I've watched Arrested Development, but it's just a quote. It's just a quote that can apply to anything in your day-to-day life. So it's worked its way in so well. Yeah. Uh, A big one, uh, every time I get into the car with Grayson, 
and I put my sunglasses. I say, Rhodes, where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. So much so that my son knows that line. He finishes it before I can. And then we watched Back to the Future. He watched Back to the Future for the first time. And Doc Brown says that at the end of the movie. And he looked at me with like, what? That's what you say. And I was like, were you in this movie? (laughs) That's where I got it from. Um, And my son's going to have his entire life is going to be all of a sudden realizing where I've stolen all of my lines from. Um, But yeah, that was like the first time that. The thing that I say to him all the time, he figured out where it came from. <laughs> His world has been this. Yeah. There's no coming back from that. Oh, I mean, if that's the worst emotional damage I can cause my child, I think I'm okay. <laughs> no, then you haven't been being a father right, because there's so much worse you can say. Oh, there's, so, there's a lot worse I can do, but if that's the worst, I'm happy about. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Good for you. Good for me. I thought I thought the point of being a parent is like inflicting as most as much emotional and mental damage, psychic damage onto <clears> your <throat> child as possible, so that way they're ready for the world. Or I think, so encumbered by what they've said, they they can never live a full and happy life. No, I mean I got my problems, but then I met you, <laughs> Paul, and I was like, man, I gotta try to fly straight with this kid. He so easily fuck him up, so easily. And I don't want that. I I really want the kid to be emotionally like ready for just life to handle it. Mm. Good call. At least, he's, at least he's not being raised by your dad <laughs> or your mom, who only watches Monk. We talked about that at the front of the show. See you guys. Through line. Through line. Uh, Paul, you got one of these. Uh, we say this at work all the time. I I work in low voltage uh, electricity. Uh, we usually say 110, 120, whatever it takes. But the actual line is from Mr. Mom, and it's 220, 221, whatever it takes. It's I've, I haven't seen Mr. Mom in forever. I don't really remember the clip. I did have to pull it up on YouTube just to make sure that it was from Mr. Mom. And it's uh yeah him working as like as an electrician and him being like uh what kind of voltage do you have here? Oh it's 220, 221. Like he doesn't know, and he's just saying. Whatever it takes. And if you want Paula to <laughs> install your low voltage electrics, emails over at bag to broadcast at gmail.com. If you play, pay for what? the plane ticket, yeah, we whatever can it takes. Um, I did not expect a Mr. Mom reference <laughs> on this episode. Because um, for me, one of my other big ones is actually coming out from Zoolander, and it's what is this? A center for ants? I say that probably a lot more than someone that's only seen the movie like two times should. Because anytime I see a like miniaturized version of something, my brain just goes to, what is this, a center for ants? How do you expect to teach kids to read if they can't even fit inside the building? Well, Bill said it needs to be at least twice the size. Zoolander is a fantastic movie, and I'm sad that it does not appear on more lists as, you know, greatest comedies of all time. Uh, so this is my way of putting it on some sort of list because, man, the Derek Zoolander's uh, Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good <clears throat> and Want to Learn How to Do Other Stuff Good deserves deserves it. Um, like Paul, I have people that I work with that we say stuff to, and it, like, it changes periodically. Like, you're, you work with people, something happens, you just say stuff. Uh, but the current thing that the 
the people in the back room at my work do. A couple weeks ago, somebody was like, hey, you know, it's a good movie. I just watched Ransom. And I was like, Ransom, the only thing I remember about that movie is, give me back my son. And then you just have four people standing in a circle, just continuously saying, give me back my son to each other. And then, like, uh, it just worked into things like if somebody grabbed a cart, you'd be the like. The Mel Gibson one, right? Yeah, the Mel Gibson one, yeah. <laughs> I, I was you thinking ha- Taken. But you have, like, somebody, like, somebody took, uh, you take a cart, and you just hear somebody from the back go, give me back my cart. And uh, the other day, I'm sitting on my break, and I have headphones in, and I'm listening to something on my phone or watching something. And this note gets slid on the table, and then the person just is beaten like just beats out of it he's just walking away and i look and on the top of the note it says open later <laughs> like what so i open it and it just says give me back my son so give me back my son is the current thing that we uh we are constantly saying to each other and even this afternoon like the guy who started it came in and we talked and he said something and i was like give me back my son and then he heard somebody from like the other side of the room go give me back my son and, uh, yeah, it's the current one right now. Also, the, uh... I mean, from... there's probably worse Mel Gibson things you right? can say. <laughs> uh, the other there thing are. we do is the, uh, Eastern Promises, uh, the Viggo Mortensen movie. Um, he plays, a like, a Russian hitman in Toronto. Uh, but he does, he puts his two fingers, like, he makes a V and he puts it to his neck and he points at you and it means, like, they're gonna kill you. So we do that to each other all the time, the V. Or if, you know... You're in the Roman era. You could walk in and order five beers. Get it? it. Get it? Numerals. It's a visual joke, not a, not a podcast joke. For a second, I thought you were making an Inglorious Bastards reference, and I was like, no. That's you know, not, I, that's not what I that use, is. I used that joke today, too. The person said the same thing. I thought you were making a... Really? Yeah. That's a that's great. I tested out my material today. I, I can't remember which way it goes. If you go three or if you go three, which is like... It's a German stir with the thumb. Okay. Yeah. And Glory Spassers is also a great movie. Not not on what my list. Unless I said Buongiorno a lot more. I don't. Paul. Yes, Chris. You have another one? Yeah, food-related. I'm going to get to, to uh, food-related ones. I have uh, two. We've talked about one already in the, pre, in the pre-show. So I'm going to go with one we haven't mentioned yet. And that's from Home Alone. And that's whenever Kate and I get a pizza, even though it's never just a cheese pizza. But it's but we always say a large cheese pizza just for me, even though it's got whatever toppings we actually ordered on it. You're influencing my next pick. All right. Um, we don't order it, pizza. Chris, Chris, you can't every time you go to get in bed with your girlfriend, go like, I don't want to sleep with Fuller Fuller. What's the bed? I Well, I do. And then she gives me like the like. Eyebrows, eyebrows. She always has a kid of Pepsi. Um, no, because I was not going to say this, but it is something that I say anytime we order pizza, like, you know, once every week and a half, two weeks. Um, whenever the pizza arrives, I go to the door, I get our order, and then I turn around. And then from Spider-Man, oh. I say, pizza time, because that's <laughs> what Peter Parker says when he brings in, like, the stack of pizzas to the office building, and then uh, Zoe Deschanel's sister is like, not paying for those. <laughs> I say pizza time more more than I think. I was surprised he didn't say, because it was going off mine, keep the change, you filthy animal. That's a good one, too. Um, no, I never say that hmm. in, in, like, 
real life. Like You should, Paul. It's a good one. Paul, you would be a legend at your your local pizza place if you started saying that like every time and, that I went. And you were like physically paying out your pizza delivery guy and the, the guy would go like after I, after like old man McGowan paid for his pizzas. He was like, keep the change, you filthy when, animal. Which I, I feel like is a reference people would get now, but and then he turns around and goes, a full cheese pizza for me. And he didn't order a cheese pizza. This guy's crazy. Yeah, because one, I never order delivery. I just go pick it up myself. I'm not paying no delivery. Oh, I'm, I'm, or tip. I'm lazy. So I'll order pizza because I just don't want to go get food or make food. Or mm. I'll order pizza to be delivered so it's home by the time that I get there. Nice. I've. And you know what I say but, when they when they show up, Paul? Keep the change, you filthy. No, animal. I say pizza <laughs> time. Oh, he hasn't been paying attention. But I you knew also, it, but I had to go with that because it's funnier. But Paul, you also have to remember he lives in Florida, not Buffalo. There isn't a pizza place every 15 feet. Oh, right. Yeah, I order from Domino's. <laughs> you know what? Today I actually or, I ordered online <clears throat> uh, Taco Bell and I did a pickup because you know I'm not paying no delivery fee. And I passed like three different pizza places. And I'm like. A couple slices of pizza would have been better. Like, as I'm driving to Taco Bell. I bought the $5, you know, like, Crave box. And it was good. It was fine. But, uh... Where's there a Taco Taco Bell by you? Also, Road? I don't need Taco Bell enough to be like, I need to order this. I just go get it. Well, I was, like, got home from work. I was using the bathroom. And I'm like, I might as well. And then you're like, food. I need more tacos? <laughs> no, he said, I'm constipated. Ugh, I should get some Taco Bell. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I just need things to move along, you know? <laughs> I have a desperate need to shit my pants. Oh, Taco Bell. That's the Craver Pack. I got a uh, the, the wrap, the burrito wrap, the taco, and the gordita, and a drink. Five bucks. And also nachos. Mm, that's not bad. For $5 and like 60 cents after tax and everything. Inflation. Um, I want to be wearing this shirt as we talked about this. I'm sorry, I'm getting hiccups. But it's John's turn. Is it? Does no, I, I go. I just jumped in. Um, Pizza time. Oh, you did. Yeah, that was me following you. I have another pick, though. Um, <laughs> Paul, I'm surprised this isn't something that made your list. But anytime I drink something that afterwards in this hot Florida sun, I'm like, ah, I have to say it's the quenchiest. <laughs> it is the quenchiest. It'll Chris, quench you. You know why it isn't on my list? Because I've only done two so far. <laughs> was that on your list? It could have been. Okay, well, it wasn't. Um, again, if you listen to the podcast, I think for, I've made that reference a few times on the show. You have. I I have a Master Saka's like cactus juice shirt. I was gonna wear it. I didn't. I could put it on. Maybe I will. Hey, got a pie tile. Um, yeah. The, but anytime uh, I drink something, White Lotus. As soon as it hits you in this Florida heat, <clears throat> it'll quench you. Do you get a little bit loopy? Well, no. Maybe. If you're if you're drinking uh your Mars and Salad beers, I think I'm gonna say what this was. Probably oh, super oh. light. Well, like, oh, what the hell are you doing with your camera? It's, the, it's the map. It's yeah. the map for uh Avatar. Uh, but yeah, you get stuck in the desert. You want something that's gonna you know quench your thirst. You go mm. for your cactus juice. Uh, this is one of the many Mister Show things that i say but this is definitely a favorite i think of chris and myself baby and loves head rub baby loves head rub uh anytime somebody says something they love i always just follow that up by baby loves head rub uh 
Throwaway I, line. Okay, I just said that because I thought it was funny. I thought you were going to go uh, change for a dollar, and then you're going to uh, go quarters, quarters mostly. mostly. Uh, another one that I say, there are so many Mr. Show quotes in my life, but Baby Loves Head Rub is my favorite because it's a throwaway line in the show, but in the DVD commentary, they explain that they shot in the old um, America's Funniest Video stage uh-huh. for something and they're like oh backstage there were all of these blue cards just all over the place and we picked up one and it just said baby loves head rub on it we thought it was the funniest thing ever so when we were naming something in the show or something that somebody had to say they said baby loves head rub and from that it was just something that chris and i used to say to each other and then i still currently say when somebody says they like something i say baby loves head rub be funnier but chris is gone for ages again <laughs> again again i thought he'd be back by now but you know what i'm gonna order chinese food go pick it up bring it back home all in the time it takes chris to get back to his chair and i'm going to say my pop culture that we talked about at the end of the last episode uh, and that this is, is the one that i explained to yeah. you that you do this and yes. you're like uh, i don't know what to do i don't do this and this is the one thing i, I do Every time we have Chinese food, uh, Ken and I were sitting down to eat it, and I say, chew slowly. This represents the less of the petty cash. Chew slowly. Enjoy your food. And uh, you know why it's the less of the petty cash? Because I walked into the beer store and just spent by the petty cash like a madman. <laughs> I'm buying really expensive toothpaste these days. Oh, I thought you were grabbing another beer, John. Is that, That's just the same beer. That's the same beer. Did John get up, too? Or just no. me? No. Just you. Okay. Paul, do you do you have another beer? I would have. I have more. I can get more. And but I'm, I'm still drinking this one, and I still have this one left. Like I'm good. Oh 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 oh! oh uh, I'm not gonna drink more beers. I'm oh, on vacation. Ahead. Chris, Chris oh, drink your beer. Live your life. Stuff. You're the one editing the show. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but first, I think I have to get another one, and my next one's just one word. Done. Groovy. Groovy. Oh, uh, your, not your beer, but your pop culture reference. My pop culture reference. I am a child of the 80s and subsequently the 90s. I have no reason to say groovy besides the fact that I studied at the altar. I I was present in the class taught by one Mr. Ashley J. William when it came to killing the deadites. Upper tier, you say groovy when you do something cool. Groovy, and then I say woof all the time. Uh, woof from Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. Which, uh, fun fact about that line is uh, Christopher Columbus felt terrible putting a girl as like, oh, this girl's ugly. Woof. So he, he dressed up his son as a girl in a wig to be like, you can be ugly. <laughs> uh, so I say, I say groovy a lot, too. And I also like text it when i'm texting with people and they're like tell me something good i go groovy yeah groovy. tell me something it's a good tell word me they tell me something bad i go woof uh i'm starting to date my wife we have uh we have our first date and then we spent a week uh we spent two weeks apart just texting the whole time she went on vacation and then when she came back from vacation was the week that chris was moving uh out groovy before. or woof <laughs> oh Oh, it's a big woof. It's still a woof. That you're you don't live with me anymore. Do you want to come back to Buffalo and live with me still? Oh, How many rooms do you have? 
Oh, you could have the base. We got a basement room. Oh, you're in the basement. Uh, I got a little office. I got a big, a big room. Um, <clears throat> but we were, we're, we're dating. We're texting back and forth, and then uh, we're on a date, and she says something, and I go, "Woof," and she goes, "Okay, so it's something you say," and I was like, <laughs> "Uh, yeah." She's like, "Oh, okay." Do you say groovy too? And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like. Is it an Austin Powers thing? And I'm like, no, Oof. no, woof. <laughs> okay, but yes, Chris, I've also studied at the altar of the Necronomicon. Uh, John, you have another one. We just did woof. Okay, well, I don't know. I I piggybacked on Paul. Free form, baby. You can go again. Uh, so another one that I say, and this is um one of my favorite lines from uh, uh the Big Lebowski. And that is when all of a sudden he is uh, kidnapped and thrown into a limousine. But as he's getting kidnapped, uh, he has a white Russian in his hand and he goes, hey, 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 I got a beverage here, Uh, which is something that my father and I say to each other uh, all the time. If you're walking with a beverage, if somebody bumps you, even if I don't have a drink in my hand, I will say, hey, 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 I got a beverage. And then people look at you like. What's this guy talking about? He doesn't. He's not holding anything. But if you did, yeah. And then I walk by with a cheese and pepperoni pizza. Be like, delicious cheese, cheese pizza just for me. And everybody's then just confused. And then Chris is going, pizza time, pizza time, pizza time, (laughs) pizza time, pizza time. And you put the boxes. Paul, Paul, are you running? You running low? I am running low, and I had one, and it just escaped me. It's oh, I know what it is. It's a when a kid and I. I kind of like yelling at each other, like talking, but also yelling, you know, because we're in a house and we're rooms away. This is humble brag, I guess. Um, I live in an apartment. More than one room in my house. <laughs> no, we have more than one room. It's crazy. Uh, every once in a while, like our voices are raised and we can't really hear each other, but we know we're talking to each other. And then uh, from New Girl, there's just a line that uh, Nick Miller, the character, says to Cece. In an episode, and he keeps on just raising his voice, and that is, sparkles are in. Like, nobody's going to, nobody else, except for Kate and I, are going to remember the scene, know what we're talking about. But, like, when we're, like, talking at elevated tone, like, one of us will eventually go, sparkles are in. Uh, Just to let each other know that, for whatever reason, we're talking at an elevated volume. uh, Caitlin will say to me, uh, can you get, like, the towels out of the laundry? And I will look at her and go, who washes a towel? Which is another Nick Miller. Who washes uh, a towel? Towel washes me. We we also have a new girl reference. Um, it's you gave cookie, I gave you cookie. <laughs> we eat a lot of cookies here. So it's, it says a lot more than I would have ever thought. It's like, give me cookie, you gave cookie. It's, it Got comes you cookie, back. gave you cookie. It becomes babble because we know what each other's saying. You go, you go, cookie. The good one. I want to go to. I'm so excited to go to Gideon's cookies. with you now. Oh, I love Gideon's. I want to go to Gideon's oh. and give you cookie. I ha- and I hope I you have, give me cookie. Give cookie, you give me cookie. I have part of Gideon's cookie in the fridge right now. Um, one more round. Uh, I was talking about beer, boys. Because oh. I was about to get up, but um, this isn't something that I say as much as. I would want to, but it's my life is looking for reasons to say this. And it would probably be from Rushmore. 
I saved Latin, what did you ever do? I just think it's a great quote from Rushmore. Uh, one of Wes Anderson's earlier movies, uh, what really put Jason Schwartzman on the map for me? Yeah. Save Latin, what did you ever do? Uh, from Rushmore, my father and I do, um, can I get some documentation on this? When they're going to kick him out, he asks the, the director, can I get some documentation on it? And he has it ready for him because he knows. <laughs> so my dad will ask me, like, hey, can you help me? Like, Paul came over uh, to my dad's house for a pool party, and I was up on a ladder cleaning my dad's gutters for him. And the the set of the ladder was not OSHA-approved. Like, the, oh, the that, angle. Well, not only that, bad. my father's supposed to be holding the ladder. Yeah, somebody needed like, to be putting that ladder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's bad. But when my, my dad, when I showed up, and my dad's like, oh, I thought you could do this or this or this, and here's some gloves. I was like, okay, but do you have some documentation on this? Like, it's just the thing we say to each other. <clears throat> Paul, did you did you do your last one? I'll do one more. Uh, I, I I think I keep on having them and then forgetting them. And uh, this is something that I say to work to people. Like, at the end of the day, where, like, you've run into a couple walls. you run into a couple roadblocks. But, you finally, but it's the end of the day. We got it done. We're, we haven't stayed, like, super late to get the job done. And I say, remember this day. Today, life is good. You know, from Lord of the Rings, uh, Boromir says it too. Boromir, remember this little brother. Remember this little brother. Today, life is It's in, uh, I think, Fellowship, uh, not Fellowship, but in uh, Return of the King. It's Or, no, Two Towers, because it's Boromir remembering his brother, Boromir, and uh, then taking back uh, uh, the the outside of Minister at that, uh, that area. Yeah, that's a good I one. I think that's in the uh, extended... It's more than likely. It's I think the it, one it, I it ever is. Watch. I believe it's. Um, I'm going to do one last uh, Mr. Show. And if somebody says they're afraid of something or if something's scary, my response is always, I ain't, I ain't afraid, afraid of roller coasters. coasters. <laughs> no, I'm, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Which would be I ain't afraid more... of no roller coasters is the line. The Devastator. When uh, I see a, a baby. A lot baby. of Mr. Show. Sorry, Ghost, that reminded me of a Ghostbusters reference. When there's a like a, a baby and it's just sitting there looking at me, I will say that line. It's here, Ray. It's staring at me. Because I don't know what to Ooh, do with me for it. If I had to pick a Ghostbusters reference, it would... Again, I can't pull this out, but if I had a chance to, I'd be like, yes, I finally get to say this. It would probably be, the flowers are still on the table. Uh, I like to say, yes, it's true. This man has no dick. All right, oh, do we want to do clown a clown over here? Do we want to do a quick, quick round of just like name a, mo- a big pop culture movie and like give us each of us pick one, one, one liner? Ooh, I, I would say boy. yes, but now I'm just I'm thinking about ghosts. <laughs> let's well, let's go. Uh, let's go. You already did what yours from Spider Man. I don't think I have one from that. Pizza, it was pizza time for those of you playing at home. There's so many. Like I, I think the one that's become a meme recently is. Something of a scientist myself. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah. There we go. We got him. Any uh, Big Lebowski, Johnny, you brought that up. Any other Big Lebowski quotes? Uh, really tied the room together. Yeah, really, really tied. tied the room together. Uh, I'm going to go find a cash machine. Uh, I like. Uh, I can get you. I can get you a toe. <laughs> is, it, is it trust? Trust Jesus? I, there's something, yeah, there's, his name's Jesus. Yeah. Trust don't, Jesus. Don't fuck with the Jesus. Oh, that's it. That's it. Um, I'll see if I had to pick another one from, uh, Pederas. 
<laughs> no. Shut up, Donnie. It, it, probably, it would probably be over the line because when we were in okay. the bowling league, we yelled that back and forth a lot. Even, oh, I'll uh, say over the line like during disc golf as well. Just not not to actually call it out. Just just for the fun. <clears throat> Usually I yell it at myself. I'll be like uh, throw and I'll go over the over the line. In the craft beer bowling league, um, we we started saying uh, the end of it when Paul stopped showing up was Bob Sag because uh, one one day. Uh, so Paul. Paul loves. He's gonna go pee while we do this. So yeah, Paul, nobody knows this. Yeah, nobody knows. Paul loves. You say Bob Saget. Are you speak like speaking to like the Tur- viral videos Tur- like Tourette's yes. guy? Okay, Tourette's guy. Uh, but uh, leading up to that, um, so Paul loves Jimmy Fallon. This and motherfucker on, loves, loves Jimmy Fallon. Loves G- Jimmy Fallon. Uh, on the bowling team was uh, my new friend Max that Paul seemed very jealous of. Uh, so Paul, with his jealousy, got hit double when Max was like, uh, so we took my grandma out for dinner in Rochester, and all of a sudden, this guy comes up and starts singing Happy Birthday, and it's Jimmy Fallon, and then shows us a video of his family with Jimmy Fallon. And you could see the hatred in Ooh. Paul's eyes. Which started totally. I'm glad I'm I'm editing this episode so Paul cannot cut this out. And you, you can see, just Paul was very upset. Like, why him? Kind of a look. Uh, and then when went to go bowl, Max yelled out because we were talking and said very loudly, "Bob Saget," which then made Paul throw a gutter ball, which then continued us to say "Bob Saget," mainly to upset Paul. And it worked. Bob Saget. I got up to use the restroom and Kate uh, yelled at me one line, a uh, line that she needs to have on the show. And that is from uh, the classic seminal work from Disney, uh, Hocus Pocus. And that is, he likes your yabos. In fact, he'd want to marry them. It's a good one. That's a good We're one. We're coming up to spooky season. We are. Yeah. Best time of the year. Uh, Kate also wanted me to say, uh, did I do that from Family Matters to Eve Urkel? She always wants me to say it anytime I knock anything over, but I kind of refuse. I don't like it. Did it just, I do that? Yeah, it just feels a little um, too much. Okay, so too I worse. think for, like, TJF stuff. But, Paul, what, Paul, but, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but, no, you're good. Paul, what if you did, did I do that? But not from that, but from New Girl, because. Right, right, because, yeah. She, she does, does that. that when she's being cool with the cool kid. Still wouldn't do it. <laughs> TJF, I do say how rude a, a good amount. You're a 40 year old man. I know, but <laughs> I'm a 40 year old man who grew up in the 80s into the 90s. Kate does love Did I Do That? She thinks it's hilarious. She loves it. And I kind of feel bad that I There was a time where my favorite cereal was Urkelos. Don't think they I were ever like had they were like Fruit Loops, except they were only orange and yellow and had Steve sh- Urkel on the cover. And he was like, Dancing, obviously not like actively because it was just a cereal box. You could tell. Yeah, I had a in elementary school. I had like a Steve Urkel T-shirt. It had like a one of his like rhymes on it. Like he had like a. Did I do that? Yeah, something like that. Um, talking about lines, I want to say I quote stuff from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a lot, but I can't narrow it down to one line. <clears throat> 69. I do say 69. 
I, I wish it was strange things are afoot at the Circle K, but it's not that. There is a Circle K across the street from me, though. Don't dox me. There are so many quotes that like live in my head and things that I say that when we when I sat down to start doing stuff for this, I was like, I can't think of any of them, which was funny. Yeah, there's a lot that I just I just say it and like I hope someone's going to get it, but they don't. And Most of the time I say something and then I have to over explain it that it's totally lost its meaning to the people when I get to the punchline. You feel like me. Like at all times. Yeah. yeah. But I like I, I know that they're not listening, but I still just have to say it to them. Wait, people stop listening to Pete? No, I always listen to you, Paul. Oh, thank you. Oh, good. Oof. Remember, it's the opposite. You never listen when I talk. That's true. But you only believe like no, Paul, 80%. Paul, you should have gone, what? But you only believe 20% of what I say. No, no, no. I believe 80% oh. of what you say. There's always room for 20% where I'm like, Paul's full of shit here. Um, I'm trying to think of more, but just stuff that I do say, uh, from Prex and Rec, I got run over by Alexis. That, that happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do like, she's the worst. She's the worst. Uh, we say. Anything from John Ralphio. Yeah. Uh, we say, and we have my son now. Well, I'll make my son go up to my mother-in-law when she's counting money. Cause she does a, she's this part. Uh, she does a job where she gets paid cash all the time, and she's always counting these huge amounts of cash. And I go, money, please. Grace, Grace, go up to Grandma and go, money, please. So he does it, but she's always like in the middle of counting, and then she's like, what? And then he does it again, money, please. And then she's so confused, and then she's like giving him money, and I'm like, Sue, don't give him a twenty dollar bill. No, give him a dollar, twenty dollar bill. He'll put it in his piggy bank. That's fine. But yeah, even Kate, Caitlin and I will go, money, please. Or if like, ooh, we're going to be paying at the table and she didn't bring her purse or something. She'll always go, money, please. For some reason, I cannot speak to any kind of specific occurrence, but we also say don't speak, uh, don't be suspicious a lot. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. It happens a lot, and I don't know why. We're not suspicious people. We don't do anything unsavory at all. Like, Kate came home one week, and she was kind of, like, singing it, but not right. Like, it was just, like, off. Like, don't be, like, and then I'm, like, okay, I had to load up the YouTube clip and watch it just because it wasn't in my, you know, it wasn't hitting my ear right. Be like, uh. We'll say because we, you know, what when it's when we have the day off together, we'll make breakfast and stuff. And it's breakfast. not the full, it's not the full thing, but it is uh, bring me all the bacon that you have, Caitlin and I. Will say that where it's bring me all the bacon and eggs. You think you might have misheard me some? You think I said bring me a lot of eggs and bacon that you have? But what I actually said is bring me all. Did you guys crack open another beer? No. Oh. Okay, I did because you're I'm on vacation. vacation. We have to work tomorrow. Um, I have not had a Founders Dirty Bastard in like four years. It's so good, guys. It's, it's a nice it's one. Good? It's very good. Uh, if you can find Founders Dirty Bastard, get it. It's fantastic. I think I've had um, Old Curmudgeon more than I've had Dirty Bastard since I've moved to Florida, <clears throat> and I regret that because this is a a great nice drinkable scotch ale like it hits a lot of nice sweet like dark fruit like um 
malt notes, but wow, I like it a lot. That's a that's a line from Dumb and Dumber. A lot, a lot. Uh, pretty, 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 Ooh, pretty good from uh, Curb th- Your Enthusiasm. I think I quote Larry David daily then because I say pretty, pretty, pretty good a lot. Yeah, a lot There's more. So many than things. Yeah, uh, that show's got a lot of good ones. Long balls, Larry. <laughs> Long ball, Larry. Uh, I <laughs> so. Not that the uh, podcast world needs to know this, but I just had a vasectomy and I got these underwear that have like a, they're boxer briefs, but they have like a pocket that you put mm-hmm. your, your your testicles in it and helps kind of keep everything together. And, and uh, Long Ball Larry came into my mind because your underwear worked as a snare and caught your balls because I like feel like I put my balls in a snare. Mm-hmm. So every time I put these underwear on, I went. Longbow Larry. Yeah, long, ball. long balls, Larry. Uh, anything JB Smooth said in that show is uh, so quotable. They used JB Smooth like to a criminal amount in the last Spider-Man movie because he pops up and you're happy to see him, and then he does nothing. Does nothing, and that was the thing. Like Larry David, they brought him in and was like, "Oh, we can get rid of the the Black family. They're a family whose name is the and they have But he got rid of them. But kept JB smooth and was like, this guy's gold and him and I work perfect together. Uh, yeah. Anything he says in in that show. It's, it's all gold. So yeah. All gold. My dad and I do this where you, you put your hands together and you open them up because it means big vagina. And that was from that show. We go big vagina at each other. Something I do with my dad. <laughs> Listener, if you have a big vagina moment, <laughs> let us know. Emails over at bangbroadcast at gmail.com and comment on any of the social media posts for this episode. Maybe don't say pink vagina. Let's hope or not. Do it. We know you're a listener. Or just do it. 